What's up, everybody? This is Mike Isicki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and welcome to the All-Star Sports Podcast with your hosts, Gabe and Rafi. Hello, hello, and this is a very special episode. Is it? It is our 10th episode on the podcast. It's been very fun putting out some podcasts for you, right, Gabe? Yeah, I'm extremely excited and thrilled, as you can tell my, by the tone of my voice, but we are going to kick off today's episode the big trade that happened in the MLB, the Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals trade. Yeah, um, definitely blockbuster trade. Um, Nolan Arenado trade rumors have been in the works for, well, in the last couple months, it's been in the works for like this could happen, but they really started about a year ago. Right. When Nolan Arenado really got mad with that front office and... Also, Nolan Arenado had an off year this year, and it's almost because, like, he didn't have a drive to play. Like, he didn't – Yeah, I get what you mean. He he didn't have anything to play for. Yeah. I think – well, the Cardinals have kind of been after Arenado for years. The the asks then were substantially higher than what the Cardinals gave up in this trade. Um, I feel like – I think the Rockies would have been better off trading him a year ago. Yeah, I think no matter what happens with an old Arenado over the long term, term, excuse me, this looks like a great move for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it was a great trade. Let's go down the details. The Cardinals sent away um, pitcher Austin Gomer, third baseman Elujuris Montero. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but third baseman pitcher Tony Losey and shortstop Mateo Gill and pitcher Jake Summers. Right. I I think it's very clear that the St. Louis Cardinals won this trade. And the Cardinals uh, got Nolan Arenado, but they also got $51 million in cash considerations. Yeah, and that's something I don't understand. Because, like, you know, this obviously Nolan Arenado – had an off year this year, but you just look at his year before. Um, for amazing fielder, he had a, like a six point seven um, regular WAR, defensive WAR two point zero, but he had eighteen defensive runs saved above average. Then you look at batting average three fifteen, um, but it's the on base three seventy nine, slugging of five eighty three for an OPS of nine sixty two. That's worth more than these prospects. Yeah, I I agree, and I think the the uh, the Excuse me. The Colorado Rockies would have been way better trading him last season. A, a down year this year tanked his value a little bit. But this is nothing to take into consideration too much, right? It was 48 games. He only played 48 games. It was a pandemic year with a team he disliked. And it's he's a 29-year-old with more than 1,000 prior games, suggesting that he's yeah. the best player in baseball possibly. What? I mean, obviously not because he's Mike Trout, but just off of Me, statistics. Michael Trout, also right. Manny just Manny off of purely also statistics. Manny Machado, also, Manny Machado is better than him, but that's a discussion for a different time. All right. Um, uh, look at this. I mean, I think the biggest thing is, so Elu Harris Montero was the eighth press prospect for the Cardinals. Tony Losey, 19th. Mateo Gill, 22nd. Jake Summers, not even on the top 30. Um, and the thing is, you look at this. The, the Cardinals have a great prospect in Nolan Gorman, who is a third baseman. He's their second-best prospect. 
what I think should have happened was um, Elu Harris Montero was really traded to be the Arenado replacement, you know, good third baseman prospect that's played a, already played a couple games in the MLB that will be in the MLB within a couple of years, or I mean within like a year. I think you swap out Montero for Gorman if you need to take away Gill or Somers, and that's a much better deal for the Rockies. Still not necessarily a fair deal, but a much better deal with them getting Nolan Gorman, Tony Losey, Austin Gomer, and then either Mateo Gill or Jake Somers. Right. I think Austin Gomer, he's a he's a big, big lefty, 6'5", 220. He's split his big league career between starting and relieving 15 starts in his career 28 relieving appearances last season a very good 1.86 era in 29 innings but strikeout to walk ratio was an abysmal 1.8 yeah i i mean i like i like austin gomer i mean he he's a guy that's like i think he'll, he'll be better coming out of the pen just because of that nasty stuff if you right. just give him you know one two innings to give his 100 percent instead of giving him six innings to give him 60 percent i think it's better to keep him in the pen and i like him you see that he are a 186 whip of 1172 pretty wild walks a lot of batters but i think that's a valuable player to have just that person right. that nasty stuff like even like a jordan hicks someone that's just such nasty stuff right. but is wild it's valuable to have someone like that in your pen right i think the rockies probably envision him as like a number four starter but i think he ends up in their bullpen long term i agree uh, and I think he's a good player. Look, I just don't think these people are worth Nolan Arenado. I mean, right. Eloharis Montero is a great fielder. Um, hitting when he's been in the MLB, I mean, he, he has like a couple at-bats in the MLB. Hasn't been great when he's hit, but he's a good fielder. But Tony Losey, Mateo Gale, just 19th, 22nd prospects. Yeah, good player. Right. Not worth Nolan Arenado. You got to get Nolan Gorman there. I mean, like I said, right. like, um, yeah. Montero, 2019 was the last full season he played, primarily at double A. He had a 552 OPS, a 31% strikeout rate. He's 22. He'll have to find a way to make more consistent contact and just overall use his raw hitting abilities more. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just not worth it, man. I mean, Nolan Arenado in 2019, batting average of 315, on base 379, slugging 583, OPS of 962. Like, those are great stats. Obviously, then you look at his fielding. Defensive run saved above average of 18, defensive war two. Eight gold gloves. Worth more than what the Rockies and what the Rockies got. And I'm not saying that these are bad prospects. Like, these right. are at least top 30 prospects on a team, but that's not even close to worth it for this guy. And no. especially when you're not even getting – when you're getting Elu Harris Montero instead of Nolan Gorman. Like, the right. Rockies and it, could have gave him to another team and gotten more. Right. It's not like – it's – right? Like, the Cardinals, they gave they gave solid players, but it's nowhere near Nolan Arrow. Arenado's worth, and it's not like the Cardinals didn't have better players to offer. They they offered low, and they surprisingly got them. Yeah. But um, – And the Rockies don't have a very good front office. I mean, like, Trevor Story is their shortstop. Amazing shortstop. I think he's the second best of the MLB. I think uh, he's the best best shortstop in baseball right now. I disagree, but um, 
I mean, you only a matter of time, you know. Only a right. matter of time till he's out. I remember his insane, insane, like first month or two of his rookie yeah. season. Yeah. Well, it was like twelve home runs and like I forget. It he he had an insane start to his career, but that's yeah, besides and the he's point. He's also a pretty good fielder, but I mean, it's just Nolan Arenado is not worth that. And you look, I mean, they had a great thing going with Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, and right. they just. Find, they just have this happens to them. They just find a lack to get good pieces, right. right? They'll trade away an elite player in Nolan Arenado and just don't get good pieces. Yeah, and their front office won't turn out well. Right, and Mateo Gill, never even heard of him. He's appeared in just two games above rookie ball since being drafted in the third round in 2018. Like, yeah. So I don't know about that one. To be fair, if you're drafted two years ago in the MLB, you can't, like... Draft. Right, you can't dictate if you've only played two games above rookie ball, but he, there's no way to tell if he's in yeah, it for the long run. There's also not much uh, about Tony Losey. Right. He has a starter's frame. He's 6'3", 239. He's a big dude, but he's walked more than 13% of the batters he's faced between college and the minors in 2019. So... Yeah, and I mean... This guy, Jake Zomers, is almost like a no-name. He was um, – I think he was drafted in 2016. Um, or no. Oh, no, he was drafted in 2019. Never mind. But he had – in the minors in his one year, he had a 418 ERA, um, a whip of 1355, not great. Um, he's just kind – of, like, I didn't know who he was before this. Um a little bit of a nobody that just doesn't deserve to be in a trade. I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve right. to be in a trade, but, like, you you deserve at least another top 30 prospect. Right. I agree. That I, I think it's just extremely clear that the Cardinals dominated this trade in the short term and yeah, in the long I mean, term. I'm not saying that they didn't lose some good prospects, but, like... Right. But they, it's no Arenado. Like... Why do you need a Lou Harris, Montana... Elu Harris Montero to be at third base when you're going to have Nolan Arenado. Right. And I think uh, money-wise, it also works out pretty well for the Cardinals, right? $51 million. If Arenado gets back on track in 2021, who knows what the future holds for him in St. Louis, right? As a part of the deal, he was able to retain his opt-out after 2021. He gained an additional opt-out after 2022, as well as another year and $15 million tacked on if he doesn't opt-out. So Arenado gets some money, gets his money, and the Cardinals should be able to make a real run at retaining him because they have Goldschmidt and Mikolas, Miles Mikolas, on the books for a while. The only big player they really have to be mindful of in free agency is Jack Flaherty. But Andrew Miller and Dexter Fowler, Fowler's and Dexter Fowler are both on the last year of their deals, which is a combined twenty-eight and a half million. Dexter Fowler's not very good. Right, Andrew Miller's pretty good, but he's a bit old. Um, Once but the Car- right. The Cardinals f- also free themselves from Matt Carpenter and Carlos Martinez contracts if they choose so, which is another thirty million. So, Cardinals have the money to re-sign him. Arenado gets the extra money in his deal and the more options in opting out. Er- Nolan Arenado and the St. Louis Cardinals dominated this trade. Yeah. I mean, there's not too much to say about it. They just, they dominated it. I mean, I think Nolan Arenado, people aren't talking about just, people aren't noticing how good he is. 
threat. I think you can't take anyone anyone's season of this 60-game season really too much into account. Well, all. I think it depends. I think you can take It depends on the player, team. but... because It depends on the player because, okay, I'm going to bring my guy in here, Manny Machado, okay? Manny Machado has spent the last... Immediately transitioned from the AL to the NL, which is not an easy thing to do. Then was injured for a little bit, and then, you know, hadn't really been able to show what he was how good he was in San Diego and this year was really going to be the first year that he was proven and look he he showed up he had a great year and I think you can't take that away from him right I'm not saying you can't take any you can take it it all depends on the player but with Nolan Arenado who has a thousand games of previous great experience he only played 48 games yeah, and I mean, on a team he didn't like playing for. Yeah, like I said Like, before, why does this year matter to him? It just felt like this year he had nothing to play for. Right. Right. All right, so then um, moving on from that, another big trade, which we actually got the news from this trade when we were While recording, recording our podcast I, last Friday. And Saturday. I had a little quick big shock reaction uh, in that. But the Rams sent Jared Goff two first-round picks and a third-round pick to the Lions for Matthew Stafford. Now, okay, I get it. The picks might be – the picks might say that, like, it was a good trade, that it was a bad trade for the Rams because they already don't have any picks. But I'm sorry. Even though you're giving away two first-round picks and a third-round pick to the Lions for Matthew Stafford – to get rid of that Jared Goff contract is huge. Right. Okay. Jared Goff got four years, $134 million, and then went off and had a QB rating of 90. And he did have a completion percentage of 67%, which is pretty good, but not worth that money and was even worse the year before. And just right. watching him play, he's not that good. Right. He's, he's not that good. I've seen the argument people say Stafford's not that much better than Goff. That's just wrong. Matthew Stafford's a borderline top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Jared Goff wasn't even sure if he was going to have a starting job next season. Yeah, I'm a big Matthew Stafford guy. I'm going to be honest. I think John Wolford is better than Jared Goff. I think when they had John Wolford on the field, they did better than Jared than when they had Goff on the field. And I mean, Stafford had a QB B rating of 96.3, had a worse completion percentage. His completion percentage was 64.2%. But even looking at Stafford play, the fact that they were you know, not a bottom five team was due to staff was partly due to Stafford. Like I'm a not pretty partly due to, it was pretty much mostly due to Stafford. I'm a big Stafford guy. I I really like Stafford. I thought he was gonna I thought that he's that um he stays I thought that the smart thing for the Lions to do would not get a quarterback um to you know and keep Stafford for another year so they could just get a receiver. But, like, this is so stupid by the Lions. I get you're getting two first-round picks and a third, but to take on that Jared Goff contract is just so stupid. You're going to be paying – you're paying him way too much. I feel a little bit differently about this trade. Still think a lot of people are overreacting, saying that, oh, my God, the why would the, why would the Rams do this? Like, they gave up two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. I think when Stafford's name first surfaced in the trade market, the expectation was a first-round pick and a player to match his contract. 
Yeah, the, the I two mean, first, the two first round picks, and a third, is too much for Matt for a thirty-two year old aging quarterback. I'm sorry. I one hundred percent agree with that. But, but when you're getting but, this Jared Goff contract, right? I think that's I think that's a good trade for the Rams. Right. I mean the I Rams, think, the Rams had some here. You go. You can go. This does. I think Jared Goff is most likely a fill-in. I think they'll try to trade him. Maybe even um, before who's this season. going to take that contract? That's what I'm saying. They'll try to trade him. They probably won't be able to find anyone. He's he's 26. Probably won't be in the Detroit's long-term plans. Contract carries an out prior to the 2023 season. The Lions can also move on from prior to the 2022 season, but they'll have to they'll have to pay 32 million in the cap hit. I mean, look at this. Post Jared Goff trade. Post Jared Goff trade. The Rams have the third least cap space in the NFL. I think before the Goff trade, they, they were they had, were thirty in the mil- They were thirty in they, the negatives. They yeah they had the le- I think before the Goff trade, they had the least. Well, they're still thirty in the millions. They're negative thirty five. They did not have the least. The Saints did by like a million. Yeah no, they had the second least. Right. Um, this brought them to the third least. And a better um, player. And a, yeah, the and, team is overall better. And they're getting a better player. Yeah, they're losing the two picks, but or even two first and a third. But even that, I think this is a good trade for the Rams. I mean, uh, most people are saying this is a win for the Lions because they're getting the, the picks and then someone that they're saying is almost as good as Stafford. Which is so wrong. with that Jared Goff contract, I think this is a good trade for the Rams. I really, I really don't know how to feel about this trade, right? Because the two first-rounders leaves the Rams without a first-round pick for seven straight years. But, I mean, they could obviously trade for one. But that team's unlike. They've kind of been doing that for years, though. They've kind of been living off not having picks for years. Right, but that's, that's not a good their, that's not a good way to build a franchise. That's kind of been their strategy for years to just get players through free agency and trade and trade away your picks for good players. Right. But that's not a good that's not a good strategy. Hey, they made the Super Bowl off of doing that. All right, yeah, whatever. That was three years ago. But they have yeah, I don't I really don't see the Rams strategy in doing this trade, but I think I think they still want it. I think it's We'll see on how Stafford fits outside of Detroit and with finally real weapons to throw to because he hasn't had one really since Megatron. I mean, Kelly, Kenny Galladay is good. Kenny, Kelly, Kenny Galladay is good. Hawkinson is good. But, yeah, but they're losing Kenny Galladay this year in free agency. Right. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is not coming back. TJ Hawkinson is more of a blocking tight end. They have a horrible defense. I'm really excited to see Matthew Stafford in under a great head coach in Sean McVay. With a great defense backing him and weapons to throw to, and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. But I mean, yeah, the last the last time the Rams had a, um, picked someone in the first round was 2016, and they took Jared Goff. Right, but I don't. I I think, but the Rams margin of success, their time to succeed is extremely slim. They have long-term salary cap allocated stars with Ramsey, Stafford, and Donald. They have an extremely old offensive line. And they have no draft picks. Like the Rams, it's really right now the Rams won this trade, 
But I think if you look four or five years down the line, I think the Lions it's will look out the best. If four or five down years down the line, they'll have a little bit of cap space to use. Because, I mean, and Gabe, you look at this, the Rams – the Rams um, even won one game in the playoffs now with Jared Goff as their quarterback. I mean, I think, okay, then you you, you even have to look, um, then you take out Jared Goff and add Matthew Stafford. Right now, the Rams are a Super Bowl contending team. I, I, I'm saying that. I'm saying right now, Rams won this trade, but their margin of success is incredibly slim. They have no cap space. They have an aging offensive line. And they have no they draft They already picks. had that before, though, Gabe. They got I know. Picks. And their, their margin for success before was also incredibly slim. I'm just saying by trading these two these two first, it gets even smaller. I mean, this this gives me just more trust in the Rams team because throughout this year, I was so skeptical about this Rams team just because their quarterback play was not very good. And I was skeptical even though they won 12 games, I think, just – just because Jared Goff wasn't good, and this just takes that skepticism off. I think they, I think they, what? Hey, how many games did they win this year? Was it twelve? They won. I think they won eleven and five. Or eleven and five. Yeah. Oh, they went ten and six. I think they can win. I think they can go twelve and four this next year. I think it all depends on what else. They have the, the best. NFC. They have the best defense in the NFL. I. They then have Matthew Stafford, who's throwing to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They have, even if they can just, Andrew Whitworth is probably going to retire, but even if they can just get him to stay for one more year. One more year. And even yeah. if they can. No, I I am not, the, the, the Los Angeles Rams are a prime contender in the NFC. They are up there with, with all the other, with the Packers and, whoever else you want to say has a shot next year. But this is a this was not a great trade for either team in my opinion. I think the Rams are better off now than they were before the trade. They are better off now than they were before the trade, but you they have no draft picks, they have no cap space and they have a bunch of old old and key before players. the trade they had no cap space, they had no draft picks. I know they I all this did was made it a the it didn't necessarily it fix any problems except for the immediate quarterback need, but it definitely helped out. Except it definitely helped out that cap space problem. I mean, not they, not it it didn't. Gabe, they were pay, they they were paying Jared Goff four years one hundred thirty four mil. I'm not saying they, they still, their total they still, salary cap number they, rose. They still, they still don't have a lot of cap space, but they have zero cap space. It's not not a lot. They have the third least in the NFL. Okay, Gabe, but it's just the cap situation is still a lot better than it was before. Not a lot. And Matthew they, Stafford they also Andrew has a big contract. Huge, they have Andrew Whitworth on a huge contract. He'll retire within the next year or two. I mean, they'll eventually have to let go of a Robert Woods or a Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup just signed a big extension last offseason. Yeah, I know. Which... Uh, they they have zero money. They have zero. I like the, this help the Rams immediately right now, but they they have they, a margin. They, they returned that for a Super Bowl or at least an NFC champion. If they if they if they are able to return this for a Super Bowl appearance, or a Super Bowl win, or even an NFC championship appearance. The Rams should be happy with this trade. But if they can't make the NFC Championship game, 
this was a stupid trade for the Rams. This is a wait-and-see trade for me. It was a terrible trade for the Lions. It was a bad team for both teams, in my opinion. This was a lose-lose trade. No, I think I think the, I think the Rams are better off now than they were before. Because, Gabe, the point is, we all knew that they were losing those picks eventually. For the last five years, the Rams have been just going off of not drafting people. At least in the first round or the first couple rounds. I and when you're doing it, and when you're you know that you're gonna lose those picks, and then you're losing them by getting rid of that Jared Goff contract, that's a win. I just, I just, I don't know. I just can't bring myself to say that the Rams won this trade when they have no money, no picks, and really no future. Money picks before this. I know thing. that. Think about it. Besides picks, all it did was make it better. The the money made it better. Picks didn't make it better, but we knew that was going to happen eventually. And then, I mean, the future is they didn't have a future with Jared Goff, anyways. Like I'm they, didn't, they they did not have a future with Jared Goff. I just I don't know. I just can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I like like the. The Los Angeles Rams are how how, how much are the cap right now? They are they're a lot over the cap. I'm not a hundred percent sure. They are a lot over. And the cap. cap's gonna go down. Yes, when Andrew Whitworth retires, the cap goes down. It well, already went down. That. The NFL cap is gonna go down because of COVID. Right, but they are thirty-one million right now. They are thirty-one million. Negative thirty-one million in the cap. They just they got rid of Jared Goff's contract, but Matthew Stafford's contract is is still humongous. But he's worth that money. That's the difference. Jared Goff was not worth that money. Matthew Stafford is worth this money. But they, I guess, I guess the Rams won this trade, but the Rams have no future. They had no future before this. Um, I just can't. I don't know. All right. So, um, our next segment. So, we've all seen it for the past many years. The Super Bowl comes around, and you start seeing these stupid bets come up. Right. You know what? What's going to happen in the halftime show? How's the Gatorade, whatever, going to be? Right. So we decided to t- look up some bet- legitimate. All these bets that we're going to go over are, are legitimate things you can bet on in Vegas. Bet on. Right. And so we are gonna. We're not going to bet actual money, but, like, we're, we're going well, um, to go over what we would say. So, to right. start off, so, to start off, what color Gatorade do you think will the winning coach get dumped on in? Okay. I saw this, a, a CBS sports post on Instagram either today or yesterday. I don't know. And it had the odds. Yellow was the highest. Purple was the least. I think, this is my prediction, one of the water boys will try to fill as many of the Gatorade jugs as possible with purple. So he just, like, he puts, like, it was, like, 1,100 plus, right? So you bet 100, you get 1,100 back. I think he he bets some money on purple, fills up a bunch of the jugs with purple Gatorade, and he just prays and hopes that that they use the purple jug. I mean, uh, um, uh, from what I've seen on TV, the most popular ones have been yellow and orange. Right. Uh, I'm, I think yellow was a favorite, so I just went orange. Um, and, yeah. 
So basically, that'll be how this is. Uh, yeah, might sound stupid, but <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Next one. Will the Super Bowl MVP thank God in the post game interview? I think this is like at a thousand percent yes. Yeah, I, they they like always, they always do. It's just a thing they do. Yeah. Whether they're extremely religious or not, which none of them really are, but you don't know that. I don't know. That, I don't think but, it's fair to say that. Right, but. Yeah. Right. Next one. Um, will the national anthem be longer than two minutes? Okay, I did some research, and the the person, uh, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church is a duo. Jasmine Sullivan has national anthem experience before at the NHL All Star Game. Mm-hmm. I did some research, and it was a blazing 119 seconds. Well, not 100, one minute and 19 seconds. I think it's the Super Bowl, so that'll be a little bit longer, and it's a duet, so that'll be a little bit longer, but I'm going under two minutes. Yeah, I guess I didn't do as much research for you than you for this <laughs> one, but um, I said if you're singing the national anthem, it should never be longer than a minute 30 seconds. I'm saying no. All right. How many times will the Patriots be mentioned? Um, under or over two? I have, I definitely here. I'll put I put this as the over two Patriots. A Tom Brady won six rings with the Patriots. B right. Patriots won six rings. Yet Patriots are getting mentioned over two times. Yeah, I think they've also been in the news a little bit in the past week with it is Amendola or something's talking about how Tom Brady is the Patriot way, and that's why Bucks in the Super Bowl, the Patriots not and. Matthew Stafford, when he requested a trade, he said, trade me anywhere but the Pats. Yeah. So that might help a little bit, but it's time. I think it's over. Yeah. So now the next one is, will, G- will Giselle Bunchen be shown under or over two times? Now, for those of you who don't know, Giselle Bunchen is Tom Brady's wife, and I think she's like a model or something. Yeah, she's a Brazilian model. Yeah. Um. I said she will be mentioned. She will be shown exactly two times. I have I have under two times. I don't I don't know. I just went with my gut. What is what if it's like the whole Brady family? No, that counts. That counts. That counts as one. So maybe over. I don't know. I'll, I'll stick with my under two. Next one. How many costume changes will the weekend have during the halftime show? I went with three. I saw I a post. I now, saw a post earlier. He put seven million of his own money, not like Pepsi's money, who's sponsoring it, but his own money into the Super Bowl halftime show. I'd be disappointed if there isn't at least three. Um. By the way, costume changes means he he will wear three outfit, but he'll go on the one he started with, and then he'll change it twice. And that's what I'm going with. Two changes. Yeah, mine's the same. Three changes. Right. Um. Next question. How many times will Roger Goodell be shown? I've won with eight. What? I've won with eight. I think twice a quarter is a pretty good average. Maybe once during I don't think half. he's getting shown twice a quarter. I gave him four. I think he'll get I think he'll get shown four times. I think once a quarter is more than enough. I think I think they're gonna go aggressive, the CBS camera crew. That's just my prediction. Uh 
This is an interesting one. Will any scoring drive take less time than it takes Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church to sing the national anthem? Now, I think if this does happen, it will be the Chiefs. Obviously, Chiefs, high-powered offense, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Tra- um, Travis Kelsey. Even, like, you look at, for this, just speed guys to go on a fly route, Miko Hardman, solid line. If it does happen, it'll be them. Even the Bucks have some good have a good offense. Still don't think. Yeah, remember my earlier prediction: one minute and thirty seconds on the on the anthem. Don't think anyone's getting a touchdown within a minute thirty seconds. Yeah, I have the same thought. I think if anyone does does score a touchdown that fast, it will be the Chiefs. But I went the under in the two minutes, so I'm gonna go no with this one. All right, next drive. Um, will Tony Romo correctly predict an offensive play? I put this as a definite yes. Yeah, and me no too. no way that it doesn't happen. Tony Romo I, is a glorified I, NFL offensive coordinator. Right. He's – I'm extremely excited for him to be on the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's a great coordinator. I think he's going to, like, actively try to guess offensive plays yeah. just to try I, to impress people. I think people. my top three – Favorite announcers in the NFL has got to be Tony Romo, one. Then number two is Chris Collinsworth. Number three, Al Michaels. Obviously, um, Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels do it together on Sunday night. But that's my top three. It's close between Tony Romo and Chris Collinsworth. But um, I Tony Romo is my favorite. Always predicts the plays. Right. Um, He's also just a yeah. fun dude. Yeah. So. Next, next Tony Romo one. Another Tony Romo one. What will be said first by Tony Romo? Read, penetration, blitz, A-gap, trick play. I have blitz in this one. Oh, same, I think, same. I think the Chiefs will get the ball first, and the Bucks love to blitz. Yeah, same. I think the so, Chiefs I think in his little, first. like, keys to the game that he does every time. Yeah. I think he'll mention a when he does the Buccaneers, he'll mention the blitz. Yeah, I think Chiefs got the ball first. Get the ball first. I think the Bucks go all in, and they rush in Shaq Barrett. JPP, obviously they're D linemen, and they bring in Devin White or or instead of Devin White, Antoine Winfield, bring in the house on the first couple plays. And yeah. I think there's a chance that it's trick play because the Chiefs run a lot of trick play, trick yeah. plays and it is the Super Bowl. So there's always a good shot for those. But yeah. Next one. Will the weekend first be seen with sunglasses on his face? Um I went with Remember, this is first be seen. So I went with the no on this one. He will go up and not have sunglasses. But in one of my two predicted costume changes, he puts on sunglasses. I have the I have the yes. Does he still have that weird plastic surgery thing, or was that just like for his music video? I th- I think that was just for his music video. I hope it was, cause that is really ugly. But I'm gonna say yes, and I think he does like a cool like whip off thing, and then he starts singing. Which leads us into the next one, which is which song will be sung first in the halftime show? I have I have After Hours off his new album. It's, it's kind of like a softer song. I think he goes into like one of the more popular ones, second and third. Um, yeah, so for my first song song, I went with the hit song by the weekend, Not Blinding Lights. I went with Save Your Tears. Um good song um i think you know one of his more popular songs i don't think he starts off with like a blinding lights like his most popular song right. i think he saves that but i think he wants to set the memo in the beginning and do a popular song 
All right. I, yeah. All right. So, what's the next one here? The weekend's um, final guest on stage. We have, we have three people. It's Ariana Grande, Drake, or Doja Cat. Rafi, what do you have here? Um. So for this one, I have Ariana Grande because um, um, Ariana Grande has a song featuring the weekend called "Off the Table," and I think Ariana Grande goes on to sing "Off the Table" with Weekend, with the weekend. Okay. I have, I also have Ariana Grande. My original thought was Drake, just because he's like the biggest star. But I also thought then he's Canadian. I did some research, and it turns out the weekend and Drake had some beef in the past. And as you mentioned, Ariana Grande and the weekend have a song together. So that's also who I chose. Yeah. Um, so next one is. Um... Will the Michael Jackson hologram perform at the halftime show? Now, um, I'm going to say no. I really hope it's no. Because when Justin Timberlake did the Prince thing and when it was in Minnesota a few years ago, I hated that. I feel like that was awful. So I'm praying it's no. Now, here's what I'm saying. I'm putting the yes on this one. Because here's what I think happens. First of all, Michael Jackson, terrible person. Not promoting him here. But I think Michael Jackson is a great singer, and I do like his music. And I think that The Weeknd sees what happened with Prince and tries to correct it and do the first good hologram. And at many different concerts, we've seen a Michael Jackson hologram. And in 1993, Michael Jackson performed at the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was a good performance. And I think he does a hologram of him performing there. Okay. I'll go... The next one is, at the end of the game, will the winning team be kneeling or will their defense be on the field? Um, here, I know. Um, so on this one, I have that the winning team will be kneeling, and I think that that will be Patrick Mahomes taking the kneel. I went the opposite way. I think the winning defense will be on the field because I think this will be a pretty close game. As a shot to go down to the last play like it, like it's like an eight-point game, like it was versus the Eagles. So the Chiefs' defense will be on the field. I think that could happen. Um, um, next one. What will the Super Bowl MVP refer to in his speech first? His teammates, God slash religion, USA, winning city, family, coaches, and team owner. So with this one. Um, we talked about this earlier. I went with God slash religion. I feel like every time I see like an MVP go um, do his speech, he always just um, does talks about just says like thank God. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with teammates. See, that was my second one. I'm gonna go with teammates here. Um, but I think there's a the the dark horse candidate is winning city. I think Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, he's done a lot for the city since he's been drafted there. I mean, he brought he brought Whataburger to Kansas City. He did? Yeah. Is he he, from, oh, yeah, he went to Texas Tech, too. too. Yeah. Um, what else did he do? He's he, he has a part ownership with the, with the Royals, I think. The Dark Horse candidate, my prediction for Super Bowl MVP is Patrick Mahomes. So the Dark Horse candidate is winning city for me. Um, but I think it will be teammates. So next 
question next betting thing is what will the primary color of Miley Cyrus's hair be at her tailgate show? Now, for those of you who don't know, Miley Cyrus is doing some like tailgate show on TikTok. And yeah. I said Miley, Miley Cyrus will have blonde hair. Um, we've seen Miley Cyrus dye her hair so many different ways, whether it's like brown or pink or blue. I was thinking pink maybe because that's what she does a lot, but I'm, I'm sticking with um, her just keeping it blonde. She had blonde at the inauguration, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I, I went with pink on this one. I think she'll change it up. And both teams wear red. So maybe I don't know, but I'm going pink. Oh no, she was like she her hair was like brown at the inauguration. Oh, so I'll, we'll see. I'm going pink as the primary color of Miley Cyrus's hair at the tailgate show. Um, all right. So then mine was when they when Eric Church and here it's when who's doing it again? Um, it's, it's Eric Church. Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan when they sing the natural anthem. Will the word brave be over or under 5.5 seconds? Now, of course, brave, last word, it's always pretty long. I'm going over 5.5 seconds. I think they bring it out to the max. I think it. I think it, it'll also be over. Super Bowl, they'll have all the, the fireworks go off right at the end, and I think they'll cap it off together. Yeah. Um. So, next one is, what will the length of Amanda Gorman's poem be? So, Amanda Gorman was some, like, poet of the year or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a huge poetry person, but Amanda Gorman, I'm saying, I saw her poem at the inauguration. It was about, like, five minutes or six It was minutes. a pretty standard poem. Yeah. But. Um, I, think she def- I think she definitely brings it down from that I think it'll be four minutes and 30 seconds I went with a even shorter time than that I went pretty exact I'm saying three minutes 42 seconds and and 10 and two tenths sure it's not gonna be 43 seconds I'm I'm extremely sure all right um now out of these three what will Amanda Gorman say first pandemic hero or super I went with pandemic here um, because, yeah, that's basically what a lot of poems have been lately. Yeah, I, I went the, I went with a weird rat. I went with super because I'm counting oh. super bowl. Super counts oh, in that. Oh, oh, yeah. If that counts, then that's it. But I, how about this? You could say that or super and hero are two options. What about superhero? Why would she ever say superhero? I'm okay. sorry. Like what? Like. Okay. Roger yeah. Goodell is a superhero. Last, like last stupid bet. What will be said first on the broadcast? Hamstring or groin? Um, I went with hamstring on here because um, it's a more common injury. I also went with hamstring. Just a fairly common place to get injured. Yeah. But although if they say hammy, it counts. But yeah, um, hammy counts. But I don't think they'll be saying hammy. Yeah. Um. Uh, so those are the stupid bets that we saw. And you can, if you so desire, go out and bet on these things for the Super Bowl. But if you are betting, I would just suggest betting on the lines. But you never know. Um, right. That wraps up today's episode. Thank you all for watching or 
listening to the 10th ever edition of the All-Star Sports Podcast. And hope to see you next time. Have a nice Super Bowl weekend. If we ever get to 100 episodes, I'll call out this 10th episode. All right. Have a nice Super Bowl weekend, although we'll have an episode before that. But thank you all for listening. Check out our website, www.allstarsportspod.com, and our Instagram, allstarsportspodcast. We'll start getting some articles on there. Yeah. So see you next time, hopefully. Peace out.